You learn a mimer from the Maorinayim. We talked about him a, a couple of weeks ago. And he was the first Maorinayim. That's the name of the Sefer. Maorinayim, right? Uh, the Sefer. It's been reprinted since then, but this is what it looks like, the one that I have. And this is Ravanacham Nachum of Chernobyl. He was the first Rabbi Menachem Nachum of Chernobyl, the first Rebbe of Chernobyl, and the ancestor of my Rebbe, Rabbi Shlomo Tversky Zatzal. We went through that lineage several weeks ago. And he was the Talmud of the Baal Shem Tov. And after the Baal Shem Tov passed away, he was then the Talmud of the Magid of Mezrich. And also the Shir is dedicated in memory of, of Tanya, your mother again, Esther Bat Mazal. Mazal, by Tanya Shechman. Thank you so much. We should be Aliyah Lenishmasa. So in the middle of the page there, on the right side of the page, Vayetzeh Yaakov mi Be'ersheva, Vayelech Harana, etc. Vayachalom, Vihine Malachi Elohim. So Yaakov left Be'ersheva, he went to Choran, and he went to the place, the place, of course, we know is the Mokom HaMikdash. He dreamed, which was a prophetic dream, and he sees the ladder of Sula Mutzav Artsa. And on that ladder are Malachi Elohim, angels of Hashem, going up and down the ladder. Isa the Midrash, the Midrash writes down from our Chachamim. Shara'a sar shabavel v'yavan sha'olin v'yordin. That the Malachim which Yaakov saw were the sar, the chief angel of each nation that was in the future going to subjugate the Jewish people. And the sar that would, that would rise up a certain number of rungs on the ladder, and then it would come down. And the, the number of rungs that it went up is the number of years which that exile lasted. So therefore, the first Moloch that went up, which was the sar of Bovel, Babylon, it went up 70 rungs, and then it went down, because the Golis Bovel lasted for 70 years. And each one of those malachim, etc. So each one of the four exiles, the four Golios, Sha'ulin Viordin, Kevan Shara'a Sarshal Adam, Sha'ule. Then Yaakov, in this prophecy, he saw the Malach of Adam going up. That's the last of the four Golios, Rome. Omar. He said, God forbid, it looks like this one is not coming down. Because the other exile is 70 years, 150 years. The, the exile of Edom is already almost 2,000 years. And compared to the others, it's just extremely long and hard. So it's not coming down. Yaakov is worried. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so Hashem says to him, Altira Avdi Yaakov. Do not be afraid, my servant Yaakov. Ki itcha ani, I am with you. Afilu ya'ale etzli oridenu. Even if that malach comes all the way up, up here next to me, I'll throw him down. Kamoshakasuv, as it says in the Navi, im If he will rise high like an eagle, and an eagle represents Edom, Rum, Misham oridcha neum Hashem. From there, I will throw you down, says Hashem. That is the main content of the Midrash. So there are, of course, many ways to understand the ladder that Yaakov Avinu saw in his dream. This is one of them. Based on this Chazal, each Malach represented 
one of the Goliaths. The last one wasn't coming down. Yaakov says, you know, Oive, what's going to be? And Hashem says, I'll throw him down to the ground. That will be the end of the Golus Edom, which is the fourth and final exile. That's the one that we're in now. Lohavina Inyan. So now, to try and understand this, the Noda, it is known, Shehaavos histaklu be'in sichlam hagadol, the Avos, Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, that they looked with their very vast mind's eye, Vitsipu, and they saw forward into the future, Kol Hadoros, all future generations, in Kol, I'm sorry? Where are you? Oh, I am about eight lines in to the Mimer, um, right, right where it said Vayetze Yaakov, on the right side of the page. I'll be about right here, where my pointing finger is, about right there. So you let me know if you're there. So where the two dots are. So the Avos looked with their great and vast seichel, the tzipu kol hadoros. They saw into the future generations, im kol hatolaos v'hagluyos sh'ovrim aleim. And they saw all of the difficult occurrences and exiles that would transpire. Vispalalu alehim, and our avos daven for us. So they looked into the future, they saw what we were going through, and they daven for us. Vera Yaakov avinu alav hashalom. So Yaakov saw, when he's seeing now these different goliuses, shal yidei goliyos yunalu sha'arei hatfila. That as a result of exile, the gates of tefillah, of prayer, were going to be closed. Kamoshakasuv, as it says, this is a midrash from the maybe a Gemara from the Chachamim. Mishachorav beis hamikdash, hamikdash, nin alu sha'aret I think it is a Gemara. When the beis hamikdash was destroyed, the gates of tefillah were closed. Now, of course, we have to understand that because we dive in every single day. Doesn't mean it's for naught. But one way to look at it is that it's a lot harder for the tefillos to get in than it used to be when we had a base on Mikdash. It was an open pipeline. Now it's much more difficult. Ubikesh, so Yaakov wanted Tikkun Levanov, some type of remedy for his descendants. Levakesh me'ito yisporach b'kidesh yihiyalohem makom le'echoz bo yisporach to plead with God that there would be some place and opportunity to grab on to Hashem through our tefillos. Sheyishma tefillah, son, that he would hear our prayers. Veheralo Hashem isborach. So Hashem showed Yaakov shesulam mutzav artza, that there is a ladder and it's standing toward the ground. Now he's going to give his explanation, the Morinaim, of what he th- thinks this means. Ki hashechina nikra bechina sulam. The sulam, the latter, represents the shechina, the presence of Hashem. Shehu hashar la Hashem tzadikim yavauvo. It's that pathway upward that goes to Hashem, and righteous people will walk in that path. Kenoda, as is known. Vahu mutzav artza, and this presence of the shechina, the sulam, is standing on the ground or toward the ground. What does that mean? Even though the Shekhinah left, 
Of course, not completely. After the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, Kamo Sha'amru Razav, as the Chachamim said, Eser Masa'os Nasa Shechina, that the Shechina took ten journeys after the Chorban Habayis. Each journey was elevating itself, lifting itself off of our world a little bit further, until finally it parked itself all the way up there in Shemayim and, so to speak, left this world below. Corresponding to that, you have ten journeys of the Sanhedrin after Chorban Habayis. They went to ten different locations like Yavna, right after the Chorban Habayis. Now again, this doesn't mean the Shekhinah is not here. That never means that. But it means that it's not the same as it used to be. It's more distant. The relationship is harder. Mikol Makom, but Hashem is telling Yaakov Avinu, nonetheless, Nishar Rishima Mimena. This is an important concept. An impression was left. When you have something holy which lives somewhere, resides somewhere, and that holiness departs for whatever reason, there's still a residue. There's still an impression. That's called in the Sifre Hasidus a Rishima or Rishimu sometimes. It means an impression has been made. So even though it's been withdrawn, that lingering presence is still there. So that's the idea. By means of the residual presence of the Shekhinah, which is still there, they can rise up to Hashem, as it says in Tehillim, I am with you in your times of distress. And that's the idea that the ladder was standing toward the ground. So now let's use his language for it. The ladder is the Shekhinah. Standing toward the ground means there's something left on the ground. Don't worry. Even though the top of the ladder has left and gone all the way to heaven, there's still a dimension, a facet of the Shekhinah that's here with us on the ground where we are. Mutsav Artsa. Lezakososanu. To give us zechus, v'chol kolchenu, so all of our ability, sheyesh lanu koach, bizman hagolus, that we have power, opportunity during golus laalos lemakom harama, to rise up to a high place. Hu al yidei chafbeis osios haTorah, it comes through the twenty-two letters of the Torah, shenikba befinu. <coughs> which are present firmly in our mouth, <coughs> because our yearning for those letters, <coughs> it's with that that we rise up onto the ladder, until <coughs> we get up on our rightful place. Now let me explain that a little bit. First he says, we have the ability still to get on the ladder. It's still here. Don't worry, the Shekhinah left, but it's, there's enough Shekhinah in our world which is standing on the ground that we can relate and get up on that ladder and have a relationship to Hashem to take us upward. Okay, so how? How do you get on the ladder? That's what we all want to know. And that's the next point that he just made through the Torah. 
So have 22 letters of the Torah, so those never leave, that they're always here. And that's what he means, that he put them in our mouth. In other words, they don't go away. The power of Torah, which is inside of a Jew, is eternal. doesn't leave. So the way we get up onto that ladder, which means our relationship with Hashem in an elevated way, is through yearning for the Torah, learn the Torah, live the Torah in our lives, that puts us onto the ladder. That's the last point that he made when he talked about the 22 letters. That puts us on the ladder. On the top of the next column. Now he adds an additional point here. It's a little bit of an aside, so I'll just give you some advance notice what he's going to say here. His premise is that the Avos saw into the future, they saw our own troubles, they davened for us, and they did things to help us. That's what we saw. So now he's going to add to that. There is a Rashi in Parshas Devorim, and this is a Kriya that we read Tisha B'Av morning, and the word there is Vinoshantem, and you'll be on the land, meaning Eretz Yisrael, for a long time, and become corrupt, then it says, Avod Yovedin, and you will be destroyed. Now, the gematria of the word Venoshantem is 852. So keep that in mind for a minute. Now we'll, now we'll take a look, look at it. So the very top of the left column. Vero'o gamkein. Yaakov Avinu also saw she'im yekuyam ha achar inyan Venoshantem, that if the gezeira written in the Torah is fulfilled, that after the number of the Noshantem, 852, Yekuyam bohem if we're that long in the land of Israel, we're going to be destroyed after that. So Yaakov sees that in his Nevoah, and he's mispalo for it, that it shouldn't happen, that we shouldn't be destroyed. Gam came. So Hashem promises him, don't worry, I'm going to take the Jewish people out of the land of Israel two years early. If they stay 852 years, that ends with avod yovedun, they'll be destroyed. So Hashem says, okay, I hear you, Yaakov. They're going to leave at eight, after 850, therefore they won't be destroyed. That only happens if they're there for 8.52. Now this is a Rashi. Take a look at it in Perik Dal of, of Parshish Devorim. Leminyan v'noshantem k'moshom razal. So 2 is taken away from 852. That leaves you 850. And as the Chachamim say, Tzedakah asaha kodesh baruch God did a kindness for us. Shehiktim be'ishanim leminyan v'noshantem that he stepped in two years early. So Golus saved us. That's the point. We're in, we're in Eretz Yisrael 852 years. How do we get that number? 40 years in the Midbar. 440 years until Shlomo HaMelech builds the Beis HaMikdash. So, so far we're in Israel for 440 years. The Beis HaMikdash lasts for how long? 410 years. So 440 plus 410 is 850. The Bayes Rishon is destroyed. Hashem sends us out of Eretz Yisrael two years before 852 years. So as a result of that, 
the Golus saves us from, disru- from distru- destruction. God pulls us out of harm's way. So on the one hand, we could say, Hurban Habayis and exile, and it's horrible, and it was. On the other hand, that was also the means of getting us out before it was complete destruction. So Yaakov Avinu foresees that, he davens for it, and Hashem answers by stepping in two years early. So do you have a question? You look like you have a question, or maybe you're just thinking about something. Yeah. 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 Do you want to ask something? No? 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 Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, so now he's going to connect that to this parsha. Vizehu. Kibo Hashemesh. So what does it say in the Pasuk here? Yaakov Avinu reaches the place, Vayifgav Amakam, Vayolen Sham. He lies down there. Why? Kibo Hashemesh, because the sun went down. Isn't that not obvious that the sun goes down? But the Chachamim tell us it went down early. Hashem made the sun set more quickly than usual. It set earlier than it was supposed to set. So Yaakov would lie down in that place, which was the Makom of the Beis HaMikdash. So Kivo Hashem es Shalom It set, but not in its time. It went down early. Ki ha Nikra Bias Hashemesh. The Churban Habayis, the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, is called the setting of the sun. So Hashem set the sun early, two years early, so we'd be saved from destruction. Kihu haya ba'osa ha'pam Where was Yaakov Avinu when this all happened? Where did he have this dream? On Har HaMoriah, Har HaBayis. We were just there, Baruch Hashem. I was thinking about this when we were at the coastal uh, was that this week and we were there? Yeah, it is. Oh. Unbelievable, right? It was on Monday, Monday this past Monday. <laughs> and I was just thinking about the parasha. Like we, we're standing on this side of the coast, like outside, you know, and right over there on the other side, Yaakov Avinu had the dream that we're reading about in this week's parasha. It's like right there. And that's where the Akedah was from two parshas ago. It's just mind-blowing that you think you're in that place. So, he met, he met up with the place, the sun went down, which represents the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash a little earlier. Shehu Makom Beis HaMikdash. So Yaakov is right there. Lekach ro'o l'sakenzeh. So he wanted to make sure, while he's there, to do something about this, that we don't reach 852 years, so the sun comes down early, it sets early, the Beis HaMikdash is destroyed early, that saves us. Now he's going to bring a little similar idea from Avraham Avinu. What does it say by Avram Avinu in the War of the Kings, when he defeats those mighty kings? It says he chases them until Dun. And Dun is up in the north of the land of Israel. What happened there in Dun? This is a Chazal. Rashi also says it in his Perish al Shum Toshash Kocho. Avram Avinu got weak when he reached the area of Dun. Why? Rashi says, because he saw in the future B'nai Yisroel were going to erect an Avodah Zorah there in that place. So a couple thousand years later, Avraham was seeing that already. So he gets weak because he sees what's going to be there. What does he do? V'hispalel alehem. He davens there. So that really is the Mori Naim's very clear proof that the Avos did this. 
This is the Pesach in the Torah with Rashi from a Chazal. He saw what's going to happen, he davens there. So the Moinayim wants to say that's the same thing with Yaakov Avinu. He's also seeing what's going to happen to us, and he's davening for us. V'cheinami, another example with Avraham Avinu, b'ridaso l'mitzrayim. When he went down to Mitzrayim on account of that hunger, what happened? Tikain gamkain. He made tikkunim there. He made certain spiritual um, rectifications there that allowed us to survive when we were to go down several generations later. So that Klai Yisrael could leave Mitzrayim when we were there for 210 years. So Avram goes down. The Sforim HaKadoshim talk about this. He's there with Sarah. And while they're there, they're doing things to that land and the atmosphere. So when their descendants go into slavery a few hundred years later, they will survive. Davening for us. Another instance of that. Valkain, therefore, Yaakov, Kishoavar Derech Makom Beis HaMikdash, when he passed by the Beis HaMikdash and he stopped in that place, Shoasi La'amod Bamakom Hahu, that the Beis HaMikdash was going to stand on that very place where he lay down and had his prophetic dream of the latter. Tikain Kol Hatsorich Levanov. He was masakein everything that his children were going to need. Haboin besov hadoros, that would happen much later on in history. So how does he see that? V'zeh v'yikach me'avnei hamakom. He took from the stones of the place. So you remember the Pasuk said, he put stones around his head, they all turned into one stone the next day. He takes them and he puts them around his head. Shenitztar al hachorban ka'amur. He, he was pained about the Churban Habayis, about the future destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. Sho'az yihiyah setimas hasharet tefillah. The stima, the closing up of the gates of tefillah that he saw. Ach al avanim, but by means of avanim, which represent what? Shehem ha'osios. The word avanim, stones, also means letters. So according to the Sefer Yitzirah, as we'll quote in a minute, Evan, stone, is also a letter from the Aleph base. Shenikra Kain B'Sefer Yitzirah. The Sefer Yitzirah is written by Avram Avinu, and it calls the Osios, the 22 letters, Avanim, stones. The basic idea, it's a Kabbalistic idea, so we can't really grasp it, but the basic, basic idea is you build with stones, you build with letters. You put stones together, you have a building. You put letters together, you have words, you have sentences, a paragraph. That's the basic connection. We build with them. Avana. So he takes these stones, which represents letters, and he lies down there, as it says in the, the tikkun, that's tikkun Zohar. So what does it say there? Right? He lies down. It says in the, in the Tikkun Zohar, you can break that down into V'yesh Chaf And there are 22. V'yishkav, that's one word. Break it down into two. V'yesh Chaf There are 22, what? Asvan, Osios, letters. Sha'af b'makom hahu achar hachurban. That in that place, after the churban, don't worry. Yesh tikkun al yidei chaf beis osios. 
The 22 letters of the Torah will always carry us through. We never lose that. They don't go away. So his taking of the Avanim in that place of Korban represents we are to take Avanim, words, Davin, and that will help us even though the gates of Tzila become closed but not completely because we always have the letters of the Torah that are with us that allows us to recreate new openings. And that brings down Hashem's Rachamim onto the Jewish people. All right, so that's the end of part one. You had some questions or comments? I'd be happy to, to hear. Yeah, please, Ilana. Um, order, I'm not sure. Yes. Because I thought Yaakov saw all this, the future destruction, and you need to die, and you Right. So I, th I think that the, chron the chronology in terms of how this happens here, it's not how he's looking at it. He's just taking the different symbols that are here and, and applying the ideas. The chronology itself, I don't think, is something he's, he's fixed on. It's more so the concepts that are coming out of it. That's how I'm taking it. Yeah. Right. It was shut off, so he didn't gather the stone purposely to combat the dream because he hadn't had it yet. Right, so, so again, he's talking here about Derech Remes. So, so the chronology is not important. It's more like what happened there. And even though we're going to look at it literally and say, well, this happened first, in, in that he's talking about Derech Remes, it doesn't really matter. Okay. It's more so what are the ideas that rise out of the psukim, then you've got to put them together. <laughs> Which is how, in, in the Sifrei Hasidah, sometimes it works that way. It's like, here's a couple ideas, you know. Yeah. Okay, put them together now. Okay. In, in Pshad, it would matter. In Badir Haram, it's not so much, a, it's not such a big deal that it's not sequential. Okay. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Yeah, read some, please. Well, I'm just wondering if, you know, sometimes you have an idea of something and you do something and then you see more clearly how accurate what you did was, although you didn't know at the time so clearly how perfectly you did what you did. So, not that Yaakov Avinu right. is like that, but mm -hmm. the idea that he senses something or he knows something, but does he know it with all the clarity? Maybe he doesn't know it till he has the Nabua, but he's already on to and there's also it's like the sun going down, like there's it's it's there for him to understand something and he's seems like in touch with that mm -hmm. and doing things in response to it. Mm -hmm. And then the Nabua maybe clarifies it all more Right. Right, I, I hear that and that's very very possible. That you're you're into the experience already. You know, even though it's not fully happened, is that what you're saying? And then you're well, doing things to you, you make it happen. You that there are things that right. must be done. Right. You may not so clearly have all the details of it, but you do what you end up doing mm -hmm. the right thing, and then things open up <coughs> and you see with more clarity how that was exactly right. Right. Okay, now here's a little bit of a. I'm, I'm just kind of going through it in my mind based on what Ilana and the Revison are saying. So here's a little bit of the sequence. He comes to the place, the sun goes down early. Right? That represents the Beis Hamikdash being destroyed two years before it's supposed to to save us from destruction. 
he sees as a result of Korban Habayis that the gates of tefillah are closed. So what does he do? He takes the avanim, which represents letters, he puts them around him, and that's our use of the stones, the 22 letters of the Torah, to try and reconnect. He has the dream, which represents the Shekhinah, and through those 22 letters of the Torah, we're able to get onto the ladder that the dream is revealing to him. So that might be a way of just putting it together in more sequential order. Okay. Right, so we have, yes, please, have, yeah. When you say, uh, say it doesn't contain destroyed, mm-hmm. what we would have been destroyed? Right, so we're never fully destroyed. Yes. Right, that's a, a promise from Hashem. And, and that's Yidin, not just. Yes, that's, that's Yidin. Okay. Right, Yidin are never fully destroyed. <laughs> so, Lechor, it would mean pretty close to fully destroyed. Whereas Horban Habayas was horrible, but a lot of Jews escaped, and a short time later they're in Bovel thriving, believe it or not, Ramesh thriving, and in Bovel for over 1,500 years were there. That's where the Talmud Bavli was written, the Gemara was written there. So a lot worse could have, could have occurred. Yeah. But never full destruction, that we have as a, a guarantee. Yeah. yeah, please let me. I should know this. Uh-huh. No, that's with an ayin. That's ayin vav nun. That's avonos you're talking about. Ayin vav nun. Evan stone is aleph bez nun. A different word. Sounds the same, but different word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please, Alka. That's a nice connection because we learned that earlier okay. in the semester from the Balatanya that Hashem's words are always there, they don't go away. Right. And here we're coming on to the letters again in the Torah. Thank you. Right. And, um, yeah. yeah, please. Right. Yeah, he sees the gates being closed, the gates of Tefillah as a result of Korban Habay. He wants to make sure that they're not really closed. So therefore, the letters of Torah become our entrance into that realm. Right, right. And he he sets that up through what he's doing here in his Tefillahs and with the stones that he puts around him. So it's, it's like, I think the message is saying that we have to put some Torah into our tefillah. Uh-huh. It's the 22 letters of the Torah that are still there, immovable, they never leave us. So in order for those gates to really be not closed, which they might be if it was just straight tefillah, when you put the 22 letters of Torah, which is the Torah of our life, into our tefillahs, then that springs those doors open again. That's how I would understand it. Mm-hmm. Rome. 
Eagle is, is Edom, is Rome, yeah. So I was thinking about it, because doesn't it say like that Hashem's going to take us on eagle's wings? Yes. Like, different eagle. <laughs> it's a different eagle. Yeah. Well, like, you know, Hashem yeah. uses many different messengers and many different things, and yeah. that, you know, it's going to say that all the non-Jews are going to serve the Jewish people mm-hmm. in the end, so yeah, and that you have you have symbolism and um, what words represent. So an eagle in this respect is Adam, not a good thing. Over there, I'll convey Nisharim that Hashem's going to lift us on eagle on eagle's wings. That's because the eagle absolutely protects its young. That's what Rashi says. That it flies higher than any other bird. Doesn't need to worry about what's above it. Just has to worry about what's below it, which is in our, the archers and their arrows. So the eagle puts the, its his young on top of, of her wings. So ba- basically putting herself in the way of, of the arrows. So there the eagle is used in the positive Kedusha scent. I don't believe that's meant to have a reference to Edom, as I, as I see it. They're the ones who are shooting the arrows. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's a mushal. Okay, now we'll go a little further. Vinoda. So now, he's going to say something on the last point that he made and take one more step. So what does this do, our 22 letters of, of Torah that influence our tefillah? The last words he says is, it brings down rachamim. Lahamshich alehem midas rachmanes. Vinoda. So a fascinating thing here. Ki bechinas harachamim nikrim Havaya binakudas cholam. So let me explain this. You have the shame yud ke vav ke. That shame yud ke vav ke, it could have the the nakudos, the vowels of let's say a kamat a a a a. It could have e e e e. It can also have o o o. A cholam is an o. So if and each one represents a different kavana, because the the letters Yud, K, Vav, K, they don't have any nakudos. Remember, you look at the, at the letters and they're just letters. Depending on what nakudos you plug into the name, then that name takes on a certain quality. So the name Yud, K, Vav, K with a cholam, with O, 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 <coughs> that represents Rachami. V'zehu lashon vayachalom. That's what it means when it says in the Torah, Vayachalom. Literally, what does that mean? He dreamt. Now he's saying, B'derech Remez, Vayachalom. He cholamed it. He made it into a cholam. Oh, Vayachalom. That should be Shetikain, the next word. It's the misprint. Shetikain Bechinas Cholam. The Yaakov was Mesakain the name yud ke vav ke that's spelled with cholam, which means rachamim. Al-yidei sulam mutzav artsa, that ladder standing on the ground, which is the shechina, shena'aseh al-yidei bakashasa ka'amur le'el, and as a result of his bakasha, that ladder now, he sees it standing on the ground, v'zehu, so it says right there, v'hinei Hashem, Nitzav alav. And Yud Ke Vav Ke, Hashem, is standing over him. So the way you'd read it in the Pasuk, Pshat, Vayachalom, he dreams, etc. Vine Hashem Nitzav alav, God's standing over him. 
the way he's saying it, B'derech Remez, Bayachalom, as a result of what he did, he put cholams in the name Yudke Vavke, Vayachalom, and therefore Vihine Yudke Vavke, that name that he just, so to speak, affected into a name of Rachamim, now that's standing on him. The name of Rachamim, and the Rachamim is flowing down. As a result of his tefillah, So the shame havaya with the nekudos cholam is now standing, the shame of rachamim, is standing there in that way, bringing rachamim down into the world. That's a very subtle concept that he just uh, pointed out there. Very subtle. It's a remez that's not easy to, to see at all. But once he says that, Vayachalom, he puts the cholam in the name Yudke Vavke, he's saying he brings the Mida of Rachamim into the picture. V'ro'o Yaakov Avinu alav ha-shalom, harishonos yihiyu, Yaakov sees that the first exiles, Babylon, Persia, Greece, that they're going to rise up and come down much easier. Like we said, 70 years, 152 years, they're going to be much shorter in their duration. Because they're not as bad as the last exile. But when he saw this last one, Edom, Rome, the chief angel of Edom, he says, that Malach of Edom, he is over all the other Malachim of the Umos Ha'olam. Edom has tremendous power. Shehin Kaluli Mimenu, and they're all made up of him. Edom is in everything. Now, another way to say that, which our Sforim say, is the last of the four exiles includes all the previous ones as well. It's not just that Bobel is over and Yavan is over. They are, but dimensions of them resurface in Edom. So Edom is everything that we have to contend with. Shehein rak bechino echad mimenu. They, the other Goliaths, are one facet of Edom, Kenoda. Vaz Yore Yaakov. So now Yaakov becomes frightened. He grasps what Edom is and who they are, how long they're going to last, and who knows when it will end. Shemachas Shalom Lo Yere. Maybe he's not going to come down. Maybe this exile is endless, Chas Shalom. Ad Shomer Lo Kadesh Altira Avdi Yaakov. So Hashem says, don't be afraid, my servant Yaakov. Ki be'emes l'kach zeh nimshach ma'od. This last golus indeed goes for a long period of time. Ad Hashem yisparach l'ma'ano ya'aseh. Until God ends it for his own sake. L'ma'ano. Ki ha'gu'ula lo yihiyya ki im al yideh yisparach mamish. The ge'ula has to come from God. He's going to bring an end to the Golis Adam. Kamashar Kasuv, Yifkod Hashem al Tzavoha Marom. Hashem himself will visit the heavenly hosts and he'll bring them 
bring them down, bring Adam down. So Yaakov's very concerned about this. Hashem reassures him, which means he's reassuring us that he'll put an end to Golis Adam. Yaakov Avinu was inside of all of us. Do you want to comment? comment there? I was thinking yeah. that in, in as much as two more years and we would have been completely wiped out, mm-hmm. Almost. so if you look at it against that, that it's a very long gallows. You know, we, but, were pretty, we were in pretty bad shape. We right. had a lot of tickets. Right. Like, <coughs> You're saying there's a lot that had to be fixed. Right. Because right? we were really we're close, that close to utter destruction. Right. I mean, or mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. utter because there's never other right. utter destruction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, please, Linda. We don't pronounce. <laughs> Once it comes to the name Yud Kei Vav Kei, you can't. We're not allowed to pronounce it. No matter, no matter what the vowelization is, you can't pronounce it. You just have to look at it and not say it. Yeah. No, it would be. No, you you don't really see. We don't really see this. What we see in Tanakh, in general, is that the shame Yud Kei Vav Kei, we pronounce that Aleph Dalad Nun Yud. Right, Ado, like we say a brach or a davening or a pasuk. And if you look at the vowelization there in the Torah, it has a, o, oi, like that vowelization. But we don't plug it into the yud, ke, vav, ke. There are times in Navi where the shame yud, ke, vav, ke is actually um, vocalized as Elohim. And you'll see the vowels e, o, e, like Elohim. And instead of pronouncing it Aleph Dalad Nun Yud, we pronounce it Elohim. Some of the Haftoris that we read over the course of the year have this. It's not so common. So that Shem Yud Ke Vav Ke is never pronounced, no matter what the vowelization is. In terms of a practical pronunciation, it's either Aleph Dalad Nun Yud, which is most of the time, or Elohim. The other ones are more Kavanos. No, we don't see that. It's either the Ado or the Elo, one of those two. Um, in Sidurim, that have special kavanos for people or who are on lofty madregos, then you'll see the name Yudke Vavke written with various different vowels. And they, and they look at them when they daven to think about the vowelization of that shame. They never say it because we're not allowed to. Well, the Siddur Ha'arizal has this. Well, there's Dean, there's Rachamim, the Midos that we are that we know, the seven Midos that we know, Chesed, Dean, Tiferes, etc. Those are what the Nakudos re- represent, the Midos. Uh, I remember that Segol is Chesed, that I remember, and Cholam is Rachamim. The other ones I don't remember which is which. Yeah, uh, yeah please, I uh, tell Yeah. This reminds me of yeah. the, the fact that Hashem. Uh, made the, the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash two years earlier to yes. save us. It reminds me of what happened in Egypt when we were in such bad mm-hmm. shape that Hashem had to hurry up and, and, and get us out right. because we were beyond, yeah. we were going to be beyond redemption. Very good. Yeah. And that's a, a similar concept, right? that we had to get out. We couldn't have stayed a second later or it would have been too late. Gail, yeah, please. Okay. So, so Yaakov Avinu was helping us prepare for the Gullahs, and 
then gathering the stones, which represent the olive base, he was helping prepare the path mm-hmm. through davening and learning. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Exactly. Without the base on Mikdash, some of these gates are closed. The nevuah is, don't worry, the sulam, which is the shechina, it's still on the ground, even though it's mostly up there. And the way to connect to it is through the letters of Torah, the letters of tefillah. And I did with the cholam at the end. What that added is that it influenced, when we do that, our letters of Torah and tefillah, it influences Shamayim that the Mida of Rachamim um, showers down upon us. That last step is what happens as a result of our 22 letters of Torah and Tzila. It's Mam Shich Rachamim from above. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Rosa, I thought that the, the Shem it does. The Shem Yudke Vavke by itself represents Hesed Arachamim, but it has more specific Kavanos based on the Nakudos that would be plugged in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sandy, please. I think that it's got to be both. You know, we are involved in everything that we're doing to try and bring Mashiach. Every mitzvah, all the ma'asim tovim that we do help to bring Mashiach. But ultimately, right, we need Hashem to bring Mashiach. We can't really do it. It requires Hashem to finish that tikkun. It's, It's in our hands to speed it along, but it's in Hashem's hands to say, it's here. The, the way the Balatanya says it in, in the Sefer Atanya is that the, the Ruach of Tuma, the spirit of evil that's in the world, is too powerful for mankind to completely eliminate it. Only Hashem can do that. So that's why it says, Ani A'avir. Hashem says, I myself will remove the Ruach of Tuma. But we play a role in it through everything that we do in our Avodah Hashem. And it could happen faster as a result of what we're doing. But ultimately, that removal has to be done by a Kaddish Baruch. Yeah. Okay, Yashikach, everybody, have a great day, have a great week. Nice to see you again. Thank you. Thank you.